First, just a, maybe our final reminder uh, about what I talked about a couple of weeks ago. When I'm preparing the altar and I wash my hands, we all used to stand up. So you don't stand up at that point. You wait until I say, pray, brothers and sisters. And don't, this is, I, I figured something out. Because when I say this, it's a, people just get up. So I, I, I did this at the 4 p.m. and it worked. Because 4 p.m. really struggled. They, they couldn't figure it out. They finally got it when I did this. Pray, brothers and sisters. <laughs> and then when it's time, I push my hands like that and they got up. So we're going to keep trying that until we get it right. Also, uh, I just there's a new face in the sanctuary, uh, Josh Hill, uh, seminarian for the Diocese of Bismarck. He's going to be staying with us this summer. Uh, so we, we're grateful to have him. He'll be out helping with all types of stuff. So I'm sure you'll see him around. To, yeah. doesn't do anything and gets a standing ovation. Look at that. (laughs) As you know, this is the Feast of Corpus Christi, the Feast of the Eucharist. And as you may know, I announced last week that I was going to be on retreat this last week. And it was a beautiful time, truly beautiful, but it was very hard. My retreats tend to be difficult. You know, I think a lot of people, one time I did a 30-day retreat and you know, all the people, this is when I was vocation director, and all the people in the office were like, have fun on vacation for 30 days. I'm like, you know nothing about a retreat. Nothing. It is not a vacation. Usually what I'm dealing with is what a loser I am. How I've gotten somehow off track. And the center, which is supposed to be Jesus, something has gone into that place. How it happens, I don't know. It happens to all of us. But I remember sitting there and I was praying and I just had this deep hunger. You know, not for food, not for pizza or anything, but hunger. It was like there was this void inside of me. And as I prayed, I I realized, I had to be honest with myself, I had been like this for a while, a long time. And I got thinking about it and I said, I've probably been like this since my mother died. And I don't know if you know this, I do a good job of covering it up, but I've been sad. And alone. I had, to, I had to be able to admit that. And, it, and, and here's what's even more sad. Because I say sad because I'm a priest. I know better. I preach to all of you all the time not to do this. I get paid to be Catholic and I still stink at it. It's this. I was like, if I just stayed busy enough. If I, this is, I think, a real a man thing to do. If I just work through it, I don't have to deal with it. I'll just keep myself busy. And when that didn't work, maybe I'll just have fun. I'll be around people so I don't feel lonely. So I'm, every night I got something going on with a different family or a different... Trying to fill that void. Or stuff. If I just have enough stuff, I'll fill the void. Nothing wrong with stuff. But stuff, things that thrill the day, they'll bore you tomorrow. I was fascinated this last year. I I don't know what kind of phone plan you have, but I have a a plan in which every time the new phone comes, I just kind of lease a phone, and when the new one comes out, I get the new one. I'm like, I don't care. They all seem to do the same thing anyway. There's just more cameras on the back at some point. But I was over at the school, and, and I just pulled it out to check a message, and one of the kids was like, what? You have the iPhone 11 Pro? And I'm like, I guess. 
And he's like, that is awesome. And I'm like, it's a phone. It makes calls. When did, how did we get to where an iPhone, people are more excited about that than they are about eternal salvation. How did we get so mixed up? I don't know if you guys saw this. It was, a, I don't know, probably like three or four years ago, there was a comedian, he put up this thing. The title of it is, Everything's Amazing and Nobody's Happy. And I thought, how well that sums up our culture. And he uses two examples. The first one he does is he's standing in line at a grocery store, and this little teenage girl is, you know, click, 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 and posting, posting, posting. And then, you know, something slightly doesn't download, and she's like, hurry up! And he's like, it's going to space! <laughs> the signal's going to space and coming back. Hold on! Give it a second. Or the other one is he said he's riding on an airplane, and this guy, you know, they had Wi-Fi. That was kind of the new thing, Wi-Fi on the airplane. And he's using the Wi-Fi, and all of a sudden the stewardess gets on, and he's like slamming on a button, and she's like, I'm sorry, the Wi-Fi cut out temporarily. And he's like, this is garbage. He's like, can you believe it? No Wi-Fi on a plane. And he like looked at him, and he's like, you're flying through the air like a bird, miraculously on a recliner, you loser. And all you can think about is the Wi-Fi? He said, he's like, when you, you go New York to LA, in the 1800s, people would die during that time. You would leave New York and you'd end up with a whole different family when you got to LA. Now, you watch a movie, eat a, you know, drink a beer, and boom, land in LA. And all we can do is complain about the Wi-Fi. Everything's amazing. Nobody's happy. I was out at Lake Metagoshi for my retreat. The amount of toys, you guys, that I saw out there, unbelievable. There was stuff that existed that I didn't even know existed. Pontoons, jet skis, wakeboarding boats, like these, this thing that ties to a jet ski so you can fly. I don't know if you've seen this. You can fly. You don't look shocked enough. Water shoots out of these jets and you fly. It was cool. Like, again, and I'm getting to this point, there's nothing wrong with stuff. But I'm sitting there and I'm looking at all these people. I'm like, is this it? Really? Americans here? Is it just this relentless, restless pursuit after something to finally be the thing? If I just get that, I'll have it all. Christianity should answer to this, by the way. The problem is not that you desire stuff. It's that you don't desire enough. We are far too easily pleased. And because of this, we are always wanting more, and we're never satisfied. Michelangelo, the great Renaissance sculptor, said this, The greatest danger for most of us is not that we aim too high and miss the mark, but most of us aim too low and reach it. We have been made hungry. All of us, and we know it. There's a hunger inside of us. As the book of Ecclesiastes says, God has made everything appropriate to its time, but has put the timeless into the hearts of men. You all know what you truly want? I'm going to tell you what you truly want, whether you, did, whether you know it or not. 
The prophet Isaiah tells us very clearly. He says this. God says to his people through the prophet. Everyone who thirsts. Come to me. Why do you spend your money on things that can't satisfy? In other words. Why do you keep looking to the things of this world. To satisfy your eternal longings. And you guys, this is where I found myself on retreat. Hungry. Thirsty. And wondering what was wrong. I wasn't hungering for stuff. I was hungering for love. A love that had seemingly been ripped away from my heart. And God didn't seem to care about it. When I turned to him, I found a door that was locked and double bolted. And no matter how hard I knocked, nobody ever answered. Maybe you've felt this before. C.S. Lewis used that analogy when his wife died. And he said, all of a sudden I figured something out. When I went to that door that was locked and double bolted and chained, I realized it was locked from the outside, not the inside. And this is what I realized. I read the book of Tobit. If you could give me a thousand guesses where I was going to get my answer to retreat, I never would have said Tobit. How many of you even read Tobit? How many even knew that Tobit was a Bible book? Thank you. He says this. When you turn back to me with all of your heart and do what is right before me, then I will turn back to you and no longer hide my face. You see, you guys, I had forsaken God. He hasn't forsaken me. I turned my back on him, looking for something else to fill the void. It's not that he didn't want to speak to me. He couldn't speak to me because I wouldn't let him. And that's the answer. The void you want filled, it's an infinite hole. And only an infinite can fill it. John chapter 6, he says, I am the bread of life, which is what we celebrate today. He who comes to me will never hunger, and he who believes in me will never thirst. And finally, a quote from Pope Francis. I'm not sure I've ever quoted Pope Francis before. I know people quote Pope Francis all the time. The media likes to quote him way out of context, which doesn't help the confusion. But I found a quote by him, by a priest I know, an excellent preacher, didn't even know. This isn't when he was Pope. This is when he was still Archbishop in Argentina. I'd never heard this before. Knowing Jesus is the greatest gift any person can receive. And we have enco- that we have encountered him is the best thing that has ever happened in our lives. And making him known by our deeds and our words is our greatest joy. That is what I had forgotten. And it's sad that I have to admit that to you. And I'm not in a bad place. In case you guys are wondering. (laughs) I'm happy. I'm, I'm a happy priest. But my focus had shifted. And then Jesus, the final thing he said to me on retreat was from the book of Revelation. When the, when God is speaking to the seven churches, this is what he says to the church of Ephesus. He said it was like he was speaking directly to me. And this is why you guys, when you pray, you need the scripture. It's God's word. And he speaks to us through it. He said this. I know your works, your labor and endurance, and that you do not tolerate the wicked. Moreover, you have endurance and have suffered for my name. 
never growing weary. Yet, I hold this against you. You have lost the love you once had. How many of you can relate to that? You don't have to raise your hand, but married couples, have you lost the love that you once had? I can relate to that. But it's never too late. And on this feast of Corpus Christi, God wants to communicate to every one of us right here, it's never too late. He can be back at the center, but you have to choose it. You can lock the door. You can forsake him. He will never forsake you. His greatest desire is to be with you. He wants to come to you right now, your broken life, your hungry life, your life that's filled with hurts and disappointments. If you and I want Jesus to transform our lives, we don't have to convince him. We have to let him. If you've gotten off track, if someone or something has moved into the center that doesn't belong there, there's always time to change. On this Feast of Corpus Christi, let us realize that our greatest good, the single greatest thing, that has ever happened in our lives is Jesus Christ. He's the newest thing. He's the greatest thing. But will you love him more than the things of this world? Jesus, give us the grace to see you for who you truly are, the Savior of the world.